I don't know if you uh, ever play the what if game. You know, when you've got nothing else to do and your thoughts are just wandering about over all sorts of things, just ask yourself the question, what if the circumstances of my life had been different? Uh, where would I be today? I played football a lot when I was a young man, only for local sides, but what if I'd been really talented, like, like Bobby Charlton or, or David Beckham? I might even have played for Charlton Athletic, who knows? <laughs> I'm afraid I was never that good. But my life would be very different today if that had been the case, wouldn't it? What, what, what if I married a millionaire's daughter? Yes, what sort of car would I be driving today if that were the case? I didn't, by the way. So don't go ringing Wendy up and asking for a loan because you wouldn't get one. What if I'd been born into the aristocracy, uh, an heir to a vast estate and had a butler and a housekeeper and, and so on? Um, it's a pretty pointless exercise, isn't it? Because things are what they are. Um, I, I think it's relatively harmless if you've got nothing else to think about. What if my life had been different? But maybe there is a case from time to time to think about it a little. I think Paul does. And I think he would encourage us to do the same. Uh, here we are, uh, this f f wonderful chapter about the resurrection. You'll be very familiar with it. It usually comes up at Easter time, but... We've just read the opening verses and here, beginning of verse 10, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. What, 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 if, what if the grace of God had not touched your life? You, you might perhaps be a highly successful businessman. Uh, responsible for a vast uh, host of workers and so on, highly, highly uh, recognised amongst your peers, but if the grace of God had not touched your life, you'd be on your way, wouldn't you, to a lost eternity. Uh, you, you might have a lovely family, I'm sure you do, but if it were not for grace, what assurance could you have that you are a child of God. Well, on the other hand, you might have had to spend the last night on a park bench or in a shop doorway, hopeless, friendless, addicted, alcohol or drugs. If the grace of God had not touched your life. I think Paul does play this game here. Um, I think that's what he would urge us to do. It's certainly what he does, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Plainly, he's reflecting uh, on his past experience, reviewing his life. So, just for a few moments this morning, let, let's just play the game with him, the what-if game. Uh, because I think that's what he does here. And the first thing I think that we would notice, along with Paul, is that grace took hold of him. As he thought back over his life, grace took hold of him. 
In fact, he, he, he does actually put it something like that, doesn't he? Saying um, in, in, um, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Grace took hold of him. Uh, he, he didn't expect it. He was on the Damascus Road uh, and then out of the blue entirely unexpectedly he was confronted with the risen living Lord Jesus Christ. He most certainly did not expect that. Indeed, uh, uh, every instinct in him would have been to expect the opposite. As far as he was concerned, this Nazarene died a criminal's death on a cross. And then suddenly he's confronted with this person, living, alive, glorified, and he's struck to the ground. Everything in Paul's life up to this point would have sought to destroy everything that Jesus of Nazareth had sought to do. And now here he was, face with him. He didn't want it. He most certainly did not want it. Indeed, he was far from that because he was totally committed to destroying everything that this Jesus Nazareth stood for and all his people. And you know what he was about. He was rounding up Christians and committing them to prison. But here he is. Grace took hold of him. He most certainly didn't deserve it. Far from it. And that's the wonder of grace, isn't it? It's God's free favour to the utterly undeserving. As an old hymn, I haven't sung it for many, many years. You won't find it uh, in, in any hymn book that we use today. But there's a verse and it goes like this. Against the God who rules on high, I fought with hand uplifted high. Despise the mention of his grace, too proud to seek a hiding place. But thus the eternal counsel ran. Almighty Lord, love, arrest that man. <coughs> Apprehended, taken hold of, out of the blue. And it's all of grace. It's all of the grace of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, grace, it's a, very, it's a very surprising thing, isn't it? Because sometimes we may not even recognise it. Uh, and other times, um, I'm afraid, we might be prone, even if we acknowledge it, that we resist it. It is a surprising thing. I just, just put a question to you, it's a very simple question. What actually are you doing here this morning? Well, you'd have a variety of answers to that question. But, but, but here, here's a statistic. The last figure I saw several years ago, I think, was that the proportion of the church going public in our land today is about 5%. That's all. 5%. And of course, of that 5%, even fewer 
would be in place like this where the word of God is highly respected and the gospel is taught. 5%. You see what that means this morning? It means that you are part of a very tiny minority. That here in this community, the number of people found in a place of worship like you are is very, very tiny. What's the explanation for that, do you think? See, you might, you might be the only person down your street that's found in a, the house of God this morning. You may be the only person in your place of work. You may be the only girl or boy in your school. A tiny minority. What's the explanation for that, do you think? Why, why are you not like the majority? Um, that's the will of the majority that prevails, doesn't it? So we are led to understand in the way our, our country works, it's the majority. But you're a minority. <laughs> Uh, and so you've got to find a reason for that, haven't you? Well, the answer is that grace has already operated in your life. You would not be here this morning if it were not for that. Because God has a message for you. Uh, he, he wants to tell you that he loves you. And he wants to tell you what he has done in order to express that love to you uh, in the sending of his son to be a saviour. And he wants you to hear that. So he's arranged out of his sovereign grace to arrange for your presence here this morning when you could so easily be about so many, many other things like the majority of folk out there. You see, the grace of God has already touched you. You may not, uh, you may not have appreciated that. You, you, you may have said, well, this is what I always do on a Sunday. <laughs> you know, it's part of my routine. It's not. It's, it's far more profound than that. God has operated in your life out of sheer undeserved grace because he wants you to be here to hear about the Lord Jesus the saviour of sinners you, 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 can, you can I suppose go out the door unaffected by that that, that would be a huge tragedy wouldn't it Let me, would you really just to throw back the grace of God in his face I think you just need to stop all of us this morning and just think why am I here and why has God brought me here and, and what does he want me to know and what does he want me to do uh, and if, if that realisation just doesn't grip you and humble you and, and, and just bring you in your heart to say oh God well, why why me amongst the tiny 5%, why me? Then I don't know what, I don't know what I could say to persuade you this morning. Now, now many of you I know are, are the Lord's people. <laughs> uh, and um, 
you must never forget, must never ever forget. It wasn't your background, it wasn't your family, uh, it was the sheer grace of God that has brought you, taken hold of you. Never forget the grace of God that changed your life. I am, Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. No other reason, no other explanation. It's by the grace of God. And that's why you're here, and that's why I'm here. (laughs) I think Paul will also want us to know this, that it was grace that saved him. You will know these words, of course, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That, that, that just puts it where it is, doesn't it? You know, no effort, no movement on your part, no, no inclination within yourself by nature. By grace are you saved, and even that faith is the gift of God. It's all of grace. Uh, and if you're a Christian this morning, it saved you from the wrath of God. Uh, and uh, and that, is, that is exactly where Paul stands now as he, he thinks back to how it was on the Damascus Road. He met the risen Lord and, and, and he sees where he is today writing this, this, this wonderful letter, this wonderful chapter about the Jesus Christ who, who, who took hold of him and now is a, a living saviour. That's all of, all of grace. And it saved him. And, and he, he, he loves to put himself where he feels he ought to be. You see, he says, uh, uh, I, I'm the least of all the apostles. I'm, I'm not worthy of this. I didn't deserve this. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle even because I persecuted the church of God. I was set against God. I was sent against this Jesus. Grace took hold of me and changed it all and saved me from a life that was going to end in utter disaster and judgment. And and, and he goes even further than that. He's writing to Timothy. I think this is a very staggering thing because... um, you know, you know, Paul writes to his son in the faith, Timothy, two letters. Uh, uh, Timothy is passed in Ephesus, and he's, he's got problems there. Uh, and Paul sends him two letters full of partial advice and guidance and wisdom. Uh, and, and then he drops into it, his own personal experience, which seems a bit out of place at first. You know, and, and, and maybe Timothy's saying, well, I love to hear this story about your conversion, Paul, but actually I've got problems here and I need some help. And he gets plenty of help, but Paul drops it in because, you see, for Paul, this is the actual, the centre of everything. So, so he, 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 he goes on, doesn't he, to explain what happened to him. And, and then he describes himself uh, as the worst of sinners. The worst of sinners. You know, that's a good place to put yourself, isn't it? You might, you might feel just a little bit indignant at that. 
Um, I'm not all that I ought to be. Uh, I'll acknowledge that, but I'm not as bad as... I'm not as bad as Mrs. So-and-so down the road, what she gets up to. Or those foul-mouthed louts at work. And, and we do that very easily. We do that very easily. We, we, we justify ourselves, don't we? I'm not as bad as I could have been. I'm not all I ought to be. Paul wouldn't, wouldn't even begin to think like that. He would say, I am the worst of sinners, but Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief. It would be a good place to put yourself if you could if you could bring yourself to do it amongst the worst of sinners because it is to the worst of sinners that mercy is first offered. To be sure of mercy, to be sure of God's grace and forgiveness, be ready to accept that. Because you see, what is the what-if game again? What if you received our deserts? What if? Grace that saved. Grace took hold of him. Grace that saved. I am what I am by the grace of God. Uh, and then grace that qualified him. He goes on to explain that, doesn't he? By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I, I laboured more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God <coughs> which was <coughs> with me. Uh, and by any standards, uh, Paul was a very, very gifted man, wasn't he? Of great natural ability. He had the best of education. He came from a good family. He was obviously naturally very talented man. But, but when he thinks about that and the advantages he had, he lumps them all together in one bundle and says, rubbish, rubbish, dung. Whatever I am today, whatever I've been enabled to do, I've done only by the grace of God. And all those labours, I mean, all the places across the known world where he preached the gospel, the churches that he'd been able to found, all those, he lumps them all together. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, he, he, he's willing to concede that he laboured hard, abundantly, but only by grace, only by grace. <laughs> and that's true of all Christian service, isn't it? I, I find this, I find this time and time again, <laughs> um, where when I'm privileged to be standing in a pulpit, addressing a congregation, and think, you know, I think, what am I doing here? If God has a message for you, which he does, just think of the ways in which he could have delivered it to you. He could have sent you the Archangel Gabriel, couldn't he? You'd listen to him, wouldn't you, if he was stood here? He could have written it in letters of fire across this back wall, like, like he did for Belshazzar in Daniel's day. He could have written it in letters of fire across the sky. The message God has for you. Instead, what does he do? He sends you a clay pot. <laughs> the men who stand here, 
สันดีบอยสันไดคลายพอตส์เอิร์ธันเวสเซลส์ไอ้จัสตักรีไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้จัสไอ้ Uses mere earthen vessels, uh, and, and that's all you've got this morning. <laughs> you just got me, but it's it's it, it's what it's what the clay pot contains, isn't it? God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's the New Testament emphasis, isn't it? It's it's not on gifts, but it's on graces. I I've heard this little ditty at times. Um, it goes something like, "God has no hands but our hands to do uh, His work." I I don't believe that for one moment. <laughs> God can do whatever He pleases to do. He's not dependent on us, is He? Um, you who labour in the Lord's service, one way or another, He's not dependent. It's not as if He can't get by without you. It's a bit humbling, though, isn't it? But it's just amazing. Um, he can do whatever He pleases, but He chooses to do it that way. So, what if? Play the game with me this morning. What if no grace had touched your life? Your life would be a wasted life. Whatever else you'd achieved, your life would be a, a, a selfish life. Your life would be a godless life. If the grace of God had not broken in. So. By the grace of God, you are what you are. Why not just reach out then and embrace it? Why not just let it grip you again? But that God, in His infinite kindness, has chosen to touch your life. Why should He do that? It is. It is for you now to answer in your hearts, to to embrace it gladly. If you're if you're one of His children, as many of you are, and just rejoice in it, marvel at the grace of God that has brought you thus far. Pause, my soul, adore and wonder why my soul such love to thee. We'll sing that in a moment. <laughs> if if you're resisting that grace, how many more times will you do that? Is that not is that not such a dangerous course of action? When God has engineered your circumstances to bring you under the sound of the gospel once again. 
And you will say, no, not for me. Cannot think about a more foolish course of action than that. But now, you see, because he's brought you here, and you've heard a familiar message, and I'm, nothing I've said to you that you've never heard before, I'm sure of that. Now is the time to just open your heart and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you have told me this in this way. And now, humbly, I cast myself upon your mercy and seek your forgiveness. And you go out of the door and your heart will sing, I am what I am now by the grace of God and for no other reason.